All right, so when, uh, when I found out a couple months ago that Scott had me preaching in our Get Wisdom series, I was certain that he was gonna stick me with Song of Solomon. But I think in his greater wisdom, he didn't wanna let the youth pastor loose in there. So I'm a little jealous though that he got to say it's about sex and it's about Jesus. So I just wanted to say that today. Um, but thank you, Scott, for taking that uh, taking the mantle there, and I can stroll down a less awkward topic today. Um, but the other thing, too, is Scott also took up all the wisdom books of the Old Testament. So what do I preach on now? But luckily, there's a lot of wisdom in the New Testament, too. So we're going to look at a book today, um, often called the Proverbs of the New Testament, one of my favorite books, or top three, probably. And it's the book of James. Um, and it's one of my favorites because it's got very practical and tangible teaching. So what we can read today, um, honestly, we don't have to think 30 minutes on how we can apply it to our life. We can be like, oh yeah, I should apply that. And we can leave with very tangible teaching. That's what I love about the book of James. Um, and not surprisingly, it covers a lot of the same topics as the wisdom we find in Proverbs. You know, almost like true wisdom crosses over thousands of years or something like that. So I would have never imagined that I'd be up here well, I still can't imagine, actually, that I'd be up here preaching on wisdom and how to get it. Because if I'm being honest, and I'm a pastor, so I should probably be honest, I've made a lot of unwise decisions in life. And a lot of the decisions and things I've done in life, I actually deeply regret. And I think if we are honest with ourselves, we can probably all think back to moments in our life where we've acted unwisely, or we've made decisions that we wish we could take back. Um, you could look at one of my more recent tattoo decisions, um, for those of you that don't know, I got, I thought the Flames were going to win the Stanley Cup last year, or this year, sorry, 2022. Um, so I got it tattooed. I thought I was Nostradamus. I thought I was a prophet. So I was like, for sure we got it this year. And as we all know, didn't happen. Um, I honestly thought it would. So, but we are going to win in 2023. So I might have to update the tattoo to Jonathan Huberto. Um, and, and I'll tell you this, Edmonton fans in here, you're definitely not winning the Cup. So... So don't, don't start bragging, okay? Don't start the parade too early. Um, but no, needless to say, I have a lot of stories that can back up what the Bible says not to do. And I think as a youth pastor, sometimes that's a benefit, actually. God's placed me where I am today um, to be able to tell stories of what not to do and hopefully give some wisdom, um, impart some wisdom in that journey. Um, so today I want to dive into the power of words Title of my sermon is Wisdom in Our Words. And I'm not talking about like speaking words of wisdom like Gandalf, like what's that famous quote? All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. One of my favorite quotes. But I'm not talking about that kind of wisdom. I mean, if you're that wise, then yes, share that wisdom. But I'm talking about how we can be wise in our speech with every word we say, every interaction we have with the people around us. So I wanna play a clip today from a famous TV show on the power of words. And if you don't know this TV show, then you're probably living under a rock. But you, can you roll the clip, boys? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I had this idea for pizza plays where you make your own pie. Right. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, well, that was a good one. <laughs> well. <laughs> What's that? Excuse me? Yeah. yeah. You know that uh, Leslie's in the clothing business? She's a designer. Oh, 
In fact, she's come up with a new one that's gonna be the big new look in men's fashions. It's uh, like a, a puffy shirt. Oh, a puffy shirt. Puffy. Yeah. See, I think people wanna look like pirates. <laughs> you know, it's the right time for it, to be all puffy and devil may care. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, uh, Jerry's going to be on the Today Show on Friday. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Um, um, he's promoting a a benefit for a goodwill, you know, they uh, they clothe the <coughs> poor and the homeless. And the indigent. And the indigent, yeah. I, I do volunteer work for them. I, I set the whole thing up and I got Jerry to do it. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Right. So for those of you that haven't seen um, that episode, it's one of my favorites. So Jerry doesn't realize he said yes to wearing this puffy shirt on the Today Show. So I think we have a photo. So <laughs> Jerry has to wear that on the Today Show because he can't back out of what he said yes to. Um, so that's the power of words. Sometimes we wish we could take them back. Um, and in my life, I have lots of stories too. I wanna share um, one specific story. I know the youth have already heard it, so I apologize. And maybe you've heard it too, but I'm getting old, so I gotta repeat stories now. Um, but when I was 15, I really liked a girl named Amy. Um, and Amy really liked music. So what does a 15-year-old that has no musical talent tell a girl that he likes that loves music? Well, I told her I'm really good at playing guitar. And if I'm being honest, I didn't even have the desire to learn, let alone know how to play at all. And rather than being um, the wise choice and going like, you know what, Amy, that was really dumb. I was trying to impress you. Um, I lied. I don't know why I did that. Instead, I decided that I'm going to carry the lie on. So what do I have to do? I have to continue lying, add just more lies. So I literally felt like I had to change my entire personality. Um, to keep this lie going. I had to act shy. She's like, play the guitar for me. And I was like, no, I'm a little shy. I don't like playing in front of people. And anybody that knows me is like, I don't think Eric's shy at all. So I literally changed my personality just to keep this lie going. And if for some reason, Amy ever watches this sermon, I'm sorry you had to find out this way, Amy, but I have no musical talent in the slightest. And I never will, because I don't care. <laughs> um, but. But I look back on that story and I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why did I lie and how did I lie with my words? Um, and I think we get stuck in our words a lot um, and we don't think before we speak sometimes, just like Jerry, he probably should have politely asked, hey, um, I can't hear you. Can you just like rephrase that a little louder? Um, but we wish we could take words back sometimes. And the Apostle James uses his most harsh imagery when discussing the tongue um, in his letter. And he discusses the fires of hell, not in the context of murder, uh, not in the context of wrath, cheating, blasphemy, or liking Pepsi more than Coke, um, which is blasphemy, by the way. Um, but the extreme imagery um, is used in regards to the power of the tongue, which is such a tiny body part. And 
if we look at people's downward spirals in life, and maybe I don't want to bring up um, bad memories, but if we look at our own downward spirals in life, um, if we've gone through tough times, I think a lot of the time you'll likely see speech contributed to that. Um, maybe we've lied like me, maybe we've exaggerated, maybe we yelled at somebody, um, broken a promise, um, said something you never meant to say and you can't take back. Sometimes words make us wish we had a time machine. And I've been there so many times. Um, and probably sadly, I will be there in the future too. But hopefully this sermon speaks to me as well as to you guys. Um, but it's not, I don't think James also, I just want to say this before we get in, dive into the passage. I don't think James probably had this in mind, um, but we live in a pretty technological world. Um, so it's not just the words that we verbally speak anymore. Um, maybe it's a comment you decide to leave on a Facebook post or Instagram post, or maybe it's a tweet that you thought was a great idea at the time, or maybe it's an angry text message you plan on sending later. Um, I would just maybe say, think before you um, type words and speak words. Um, so our words have the power to wound or to heal, to build up or to tear down, to encourage or discourage. We can use our wi words wisely or unwisely. So when we're talking about getting wisdom, I want to read from James chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 2, and we're going to go to verse 12. <clears throat> Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make large, a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is small, a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Um, I, sometimes I read that passage and I get a little nervous because I just think of all the careless words I've spoken throughout life. And James suggests a pretty helpful tip if we want to get wisdom, and that's to have wisdom in our speech. But then he also says it's impossible, so it seems kind of hopeless, right? Um, so I want to analyze this passage a little bit. Uh, the tongue is tiny, but its impact is enormous. That's ultimately what James is saying. Um, words can declare wars, words can break hearts, words can spread hate, or words can bring peace, and words can um, spread love. And it's up to us how we use our words and what we do with them. Um, so the first comparison James uses is a bit in a horse's mouth. And I wish Rosie was here today, Rosie Banham, because she'll probably laugh at what I'm going to say. So I'm a city boy through and through. I've only ridden a horse once. But who here has ever rode a horse or stood beside a horse? That's, well, that's a lot of people. So don't take what I say as an exact science. But the first time I ever rode a horse, I never actually realized how big the animal is and how strong it looks. I stood beside it and I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, I'm actually a little scared. And it was the most, I still think, one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. Um, but using a tiny piece of metal in a horse's mouth, 
and I Googled this, the average horse weight is like 1300 pounds, I think. So um, by using a tiny piece of metal um, in a horse's mouth, you can control 1300 pounds of this muscular, scary mammal. Um, and the bit is merely the size of your hand. So you can control this giant mammal with it. Small things make big impacts. Your tongue, while it's small, has the power to make massive impact. So James is hinting, what impact is your tongue making on your life? Because it's either positive or negative. Um, and then he says, uh, our tongue is like a rudder. It's hidden beneath the surface, but it creates major outcomes. Um, your words can change your direction. I think literally um, more than we realize. And just like the rudder on a ship, your tongue steers your path in life. So James is saying, what path are you taking in life with the words that you speak? And then his last one is his harshest one. And he compares it to a spark, an inferno, a forest set on fire. So our words are a spark, um, but the outcome is sometimes an inferno, a crazy flame. Um, perhaps a little lie, like I said to Amy, that's the spark. Um, but then it just grows and grows into an inferno because I decide to keep lying. Um, or maybe a rant posted online seems like a good idea at the time. It's just a tiny little spark. Don't think much of it. And then you, next thing you know, you have a revoked scholarship and you lose your job. That's the inferno. Um, our words have greater power, I think, than sometimes we um, give them credit for. Um, yeah, I think our words, it's kind of scary to think about, but our words are a spark. And is that spark going to turn into a massive flame that ruins and destroys? Or is it going to spread the example, life, and love of Jesus? Because that's what we're called to do as Jesus followers. Um, we are called to spread his light and love to a broken world. And the, one of the easiest ways to do that is with our words. Um, so how can we live wisely in our words? We're like, okay, this sounds kind of hopeless, Eric. I'm getting depressed. Um, how do we get wisdom in our words? How do we live wisely with our speech every day? And I think James speaks to that earlier in his letter. Um, it's in James 1.19. He says this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And this gives us three super practical ways um, to control our tongue and to get wisdom in our words and to speak wisely to everyone around us. The first thing he says is be quick to listen. Um, do you want to use wiser words? Speak less and listen more. Teresa is probably looking at me like you should take your own advice or James advice. Um, speak less and listen more. Listening with intention can be the beginning of a much more wise way of living because when we listen with intention, we actually can put ourselves in other people's shoes. We can understand where other people are coming from, even if we don't like them or disagree with them or whatever the case may be. If we speak less and listen more, I think that gives us, um, it can give us a lot of wisdom in our words and we can use our words wisely. And then he says, be slow to speak. And he's not talking about literally talking slower, also something I should do. And I think that can be helpful in certain situations. But we must slow down um, to think before we speak, uh, before we become angry or say something we don't mean to say. James is saying, hey, like, you might have this like, amazing idea that you just want to get out there, but just slow down, think about it. Is it really going to be helpful in your conversation? Um, and then he says, be slow to become angry. And this is really cliche, but it's in the Bible. And I honestly believe um, more than we realize that I think so much of the world's hurt could be cured by kindness. 
Um, at least in our personal lives. I know there's a lot of things happening in the world that probably require more than kindness. But in our personal life, I think a lot of the hurt that's caused could be cured by kindness. Um, if you remember anything from this talk, I want it to be this. Use your words to build up, not be beat down. Use your words to build up, not beat down. That is truly being wise with our words. And I think that's what James is actually getting at um, in this passage. And to bring it back to the wisdom of the Old Testament, um, just from the wisdom books, I wanted to bring it back. And there's a lot of really good verses. And especially when I was preparing for this sermon, um, there was some ones that really stuck out to me. So one of them is Proverbs 18.4. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. And then Proverbs 16.24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And then in Psalm 141, verse 3, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Um, the Bible is full of verses that talk about um, the words we say and the impact that they can have. And one of my favorites, I would be mad at myself if I didn't bring this one up. So Proverbs 18:6. If you know it, you already know where I'm going. But this is one of my favorite verses. A fool's lips walk into, his, uh, into a fight. His mouth invites a beating. So you don't want to get beat up? Don't say dumb stuff. <laughs> King Solomon, that's his, that's his wisdom to you. But actually, our words have impact, and they can either build people up or tear down. They can spread love or hate. Um, Jesus himself said that what comes out of the mouth is from our heart, and that's Matthew 15, 18. And he also says we will take into account every careless word that we speak on Judgment Day. Um, and that can be kind of scary, at least for me. But I think um, what Jesus is getting at there is our words matter to God and how we treat people matters to God. Um, so using wisdom in our words is very important. And that's why it's all throughout the word of God. Um, we can build up or tear down and the choice is ours. So hopefully after you heard this today, I just hope that we're more mindful in the way we speak. And maybe you're great at this already. Because I think I, a lot of my sermons, I'm just preaching to myself and just hoping somebody else listens. Um, but how should we speak and how do we get wisdom in our words? It's by building people up and being kind and spreading the love of Jesus. That's how we are wise in our words. Um, so the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4.29 of how we should speak. He says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And that's pretty practical and easy to do. Um, and I would really like to end this sermon. It's beautiful on like a really busy Sunday having the youth pastor come up and preach because my sermons are way quicker than Scott's. So um, I'd like to end this sermon um, with the way that chapter three ends in James because I think it encapsulates a lot that we um, talked about today, but it encapsulates a lot of what we've learned about throughout this whole wisdom series in the summer. Um, so James chapter three, verse 17 to 18 says this. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you today and we admit, Lord, that we are broken people and we live in a broken, sinful world. And 
Lord, we pray, um, yeah, that that in all of our actions and in our wor- words and our speech, Lord, that we would be mindful of you, but ultimately that we would be mindful of other people. Lord, that we could leave this building today and every interaction we have with people we know, with strangers, with whoever it is, Lord, that we would be able to spread your light and your love um, to people that need it. And Lord, we just pray, yeah, that you would, you would infuse us with your word, Lord, that yeah, that we'd be mindful of the words we speak and that we can truly be a witness to a broken world. And Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen.